Welcome to the podcast of Medora Pentecostal Church. We are a growing community of believers committed to bringing hope and building lives. We pray today's message is a blessing to you. Let's go to the book of Psalms, to the 39th Psalm. This is written by David, and he's in a really tough place. He's in trouble. He's got problems. And this is the declaration that he said in the very beginning. I said, I will take heed to my ways that I sin not with my tongue. He said, I better watch what I'm doing so I better watch what I'm saying. I will keep my mouth with a bridle. I'm going to be quiet. While the wicked is before me, I was dumb with silence. I was mute with silence. I held my peace even from good. And my sorrow was stirred. My heart was hot within me. While I was musing, the fire burned. Then spake I with my tongue. He said, I make a decree. I'm not going to say anything. I'm not going to declare anything. I'm going to keep my tongue so I don't sin. And he said, but I got to thinking. I got to thinking. Amen. Sometimes when we get to thinking, we can, we can either be good or bad. But tonight I want to talk to you about adjusting my attitude. Adjusting my attitude. Heavenly Father, we thank you, Lord, for this evening. We thank you, Lord, for Tuesday night. God, we, we come to you, Lord, worshiping you and praising you. God, as we've sung just a minute ago, how great you are. Lord, and no matter what we're in, no matter what we're facing in this very moment, oh God, we are so thankful for your excellent greatness. You're bigger than anything. You're greater than any problem, Lord. We give you praise in Jesus' name. Amen. Praise God. Thank you. Amen. If you're standing at home, yeah, you can be seated. Praise God. Those of you here, you can be seated. Thank you so very much. There is something within you right now that is the key to surviving this mess. There is a key, and I want to talk about that tonight, to surviving virus crisis. It is a potential that lies within you not only to survive, but to thrive and overcome. I believe that this, this potential that is within you is more powerful than the facts. It's more powerful than what is reported about this or that. It is more important than you have money. It's more powerful than money. It is stronger than success and failure. It is more influ influential than education. It is tougher than any negative circumstance that may come your way. This effective commodity has transformed startup companies into mega businesses. It has taken average athletes and made them champions. Author and preacher Charles Swindoll states, it is more important than appearance, than gift or skill. It will make or break a company, a church, or a home. What is this that we're talking about tonight? Attitude. 
attitude. Attitude is so important. I came across a story some years ago that is, is, is so uh, illustrative of this particular concept of attitude. The story is told of the colorful 19th century showman, uh, Niccolo Paganini. He was the most celebrated violin virtuoso of his time. And he left his mark on, as one of the pillars of modern violin technique. He was something else. Paganini was playing a very difficult piece of music with a full orchestra supporting him. Suddenly, as he was playing, one string of his violin snapped and hung down from his violin. Beads of sweat popped out on his forehead. He frowned, but he kept on playing improvising beautifully then all of a sudden a second string broke and quickly a third now there were three limp strings dangling and the conductor was surprised the master performer began to complete his composition Paganini completed his composition on one string the audience jumped to their feet in good Italian fashion and filled the air with shouts and screams of bravo, bravo, bravo. As the applause began to die down, the violinist mentioned to the people to sit down. Even though that they knew that there was no way they could expect an encore, he held the violin high for all to see. He nodded to the conductor and began the encore and then he turned to the crowd with a twinkle in his eye and smiled and shouted, Paganini, one string. Paganini and one string. He placed the Stradivarius beneath his chin and played the final on encore with just one string. What is this? It's attitude. It's looking at, I got a broken string, but I'm going to keep playing. I got a broken second string, but I'm going to keep playing. I have a broken third string, but I've got one string left. I've got one string left. Amen. Life can often come at you as a one-string moment. Things break. Things fall apart. Times get hard. Amen. Yet you have a choice. You have a choice either to quit or to go on. You have a choice to either quit or begin to say, I can play this on one string. I can get by without, amen, everything that I think that I need. The difference was attitude attitude. I want to be like Paganini. I want to be, a, be able to play with one string. Attitude matters. Our attitude is one of the most important choices we will make in our life. It impacts everything we do. Your attitude will either be your friend or it'll be your foe. It will either help sustain you or it will cause you to fall to pieces. Attitude matters. John Maxwell is a proficient author and uh, a speaker on leadership things, and he has a lot to say about attitudes. But I come across this, this that stirred me today, and I want to share with you. M Mr. Maxwell said, we cannot choose how many years we will live, but we can choose how much life those years we will have. We cannot control the beauty of our face but we can control the expression on it. We cannot control life's difficult moments, but we can choose to make life less difficult. 
We cannot control the negative atmosphere of the world, but we can control the atmosphere of our minds. Too often, he says, we try to choose and control things that we cannot. Too seldom, he said, we choose to control what we can, and that is our attitude. I want to tell you tonight, no matter where you are, no matter what you're dealing with, you can just decide to readjust your attitude. You can decide right now, I'm going to realign my attitude. I can either look at this corona mess as being, uh, uh, I'm just living on one string. I can't do what I like to do. Or you can say, in spite of it all, I'm playing an encore. In spite of it all, I am going to live my life victorious. Your attitude it's revealed in the excellence of your action. Your attitude is a reflection of your true self, of your real self. Your attitude is more honest than your words sometimes. The attitude is part of us that draws people or repels people around us. Have you ever been around somebody and say, ooh, that's a stinking attitude? Can I just hang around you? That's a sorry attitude. I want to be with you. Or do you want to get around somebody that has got a great attitude? Somebody that has an attitude that has been adjusted, amen, to the wind and say, I'm going to let the wind blow my sails, not blow me over, but embrace it and say, in this current time, I am going to make sure I have a right attitude. Now, in our story tonight, David tells us how that he had made a declaration. I'm not going to say a word when you want to say a word. And you know, if you do say a word, matter of fact, he said, if I speak, I'm going to sin. It's a good thing to shut up if your mouth is going to betray you and cause you to sin. But if you study what he's talking about back in chapter 38, you will find David's life is in turmoil. And he says things like this. There is no soundness in my flesh. I don't have anything to stand on. He said in, in verse 5 of chapter 38, he says that my wounds stink so bad that they're corrupt because of my foolishness. He said, I'm a burnout case. My friends avoid me like the plague. My friends avoid me like the plague. I, 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 if you've gone to the store lately, I've watched... I, I love watching people because I'm in the people business, but I like watching people and, and you get close to somebody and just like, plague, don't get close, six feet, got to stay six feet. You know, it's like, like, like all of a sudden you've got something really bad uh, that people have got to stay away from you. And so it, it's, it's an attitude that we take out. This is what David said. He said, I am ready to halt. I am ready to quit in chapter 38. I'm ready to quit. My sorrow is continually before me. I will declare my iniquity and I will be sorry for my sin. My enemies, they are lively and mighty. They are strong. Amen. And they that hate me, he said, uh, they multiply. I got people that don't like me and, and they just multiply. He said that they render to me evil for good. My adversaries, he said, because I follow the thing that is good, I do what is right, and they don't like me. I'm trying to be nice, and they don't like me. So here's what I'm going to do. I'm not going to say a word. Because I need to make sure my tongue is shut up. Because if I say a word, I just might sin. 
David kept his mouth shut. He held his peace. And then all of a sudden, he got to thinking. And that's where he was wrong. <laughs> he got to thinking. Then his passions began to stir at him. His heart got hot, and he got to thinking. And then all of a sudden, he exploded with his mouth. David is often recorded in the Psalms meditating on God's word and meditate on the goodness of the Lord and meditate on God's blessing. But now he's meditating on his problem, and he's meditating on his emotions, and he's meditating on the negative thing, and he's meditating on what's wrong. And he said, I better not say anything but what happened is that his thinking began to ignite his passion and his passion and anger and hurt and resentment ignited his mouth and that ignited his attitude His mind thought about the hurt and the pain and his tongue started pouring out poison. Oh my, I want to tell you today, while we're musing, the scripture said that David said, while I'm musing, fire burn, and then I spake with my tongue. I want to say to you today, David chose a negative, critical, uh, uh, sorry attitude about his circumstance. I, 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 what is that book? Alexander's No Good, Horrible, Very Bad Day. Is that, there's a book like that, isn't there? A title like that, something about Alexander's rule. Anybody ever had one of those days? One of those days that you wake up face down on the pavement, wondering where you are? One of those days when you call the suicide hotline prevention and they put you on hold? One of those days you see 60 Minutes news team waiting at your office? One of those days your birthday cake collapses from the weight of the candles. One of those days that it's your turn on the news and they're showing emergency routes out of the city. One of the days your twin sister forgot your birthday. One of those days the car horn goes off accidentally and remains stuck as you follow a group of Hell's Angels motorcycle gang. One of those days that your boss tells you you're not to bother to take your coat off today. One of those days the bird singing outside your window is a buzzard. One of those days when you wake up and your braces are locked together. One of those days you call your answering service and they tell you it's none of your business. One of those days that your income tax check bounces. One of those days that you put both contacts lens in the same eye. One of those days that you wake up and your wife says, good morning, Bill, and your name is George. This is the kind of day David is having. Everything is bad. Everything is horrible. How many days have you had like that during this coronavirus? How many days have you woke up and said, this is just going to be a bad day? It just, Or you can say, I do not care what the badness is. I don't care what is around me. I choose to meditate not on what I see. I choose to meditate not on what I feel. I choose to an attitude not about how bad things are and how my money is not coming in and I'm waiting on the stimulus check and, and I'm trying to make sure that I'm going to survive one day. What am I going to do without it? No, it's about meditating on the goodness of the Lord. It's about meditating on the right thing because if you think the right thing, then your attitude will follow. Amen. David motive was meditating on the wrong stuff. And it moved him to a negative attitude. 
The book of Joshua chapter 1 and verse 8 tells us we can meditate on the right stuff. The Bible proclaims here the book of, this book of the law shall not depart out of thy mouth but thou shalt meditate therein day and night. Amen. Don't let the word of God come out of your mouth. Begin to proclaim it and declare it. Meditate in it day and night that thou mayest observe to do according to all that is written therein for then thou shalt make thy way prosperous and then thou shalt have good success. Meditate on the word of the Lord. And watch your attitude be adjusted. How about Psalms 1 and verse 1? Blessed is the man that walketh in the counsel, that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor standeth in the way of sinners, nor sitteth in the seat of the scornful. But his delight, his delight, it's not in what Mr. Sinner says. It's not in what Mr. Scornful says. Amen. It is not what the counsel of ungodly say. It says in verse 2, but his delight is in the law of the Lord and in his law doth he meditate day and night. You want a good attitude? This is where it begins right here. Think on this. Think on this. Read this. Hold on to the word of God. Meditate on it. I know it's pro there's problems all around. I know that there are issues. My, I wish I had a whole bunch of people here and I could just move around like I want to. Oh, man, I feel the preach coming on today. I want to say you've got to get a hold of God's word to let your attitude be adjusted. What we meditate on, what we allow to become the fire in our heart, the volcano of our heart will spew out the attitude to follow it. Pour in God. Pour in his word. Let's talk a little bit about when faith becomes our attitude. 2 Corinthians chapter 4 and verse 7. But we have this treasure in earthen vessels, that the excellency of the power may be of God and not of us. We're troubled on every side, yet not distressed. We are perplexed, but not in despair. Persecuted, but not forsaken. Cast down, but not destroyed. Somebody ought to say amen to that. Always bearing about in the body the dying of the Lord Jesus, that the life also of Jesus might be made manifest in our body. For we which live are always delivered unto death for Jesus' sake, that the life of Jesus might be made manifest in our mortal flesh. What is he saying? Your bad day doesn't define you because life in Jesus defines you. <laughs> so then death worketh in us, but life in you. Verse 13, we having the same spirit of faith. Somebody say attitude. The same spirit, the same attitude of faith, according as it is written, I believed, therefore have I spoken. We also believe and therefore speak. I realize that Paul is saying life is tough. We are troubled on every side, but we're not distressed. I realize life is tough. We are persecuted, but we're not forsaken. Amen. It's, there's the facts here is that we're cast down. We're knocked down. We're hurt, but we're not destroyed. 
So then faith becomes an attitude. He said, the spirit of faith. You see, a mental assent to believing God and believing in God is not enough. There's a lot of people that believe in God. The devil believes in God. Amen. But we must have more than just simply faith that is in our, our thoughts and say, I believe, but it ought to be our attitude that we adopt, that we adopt in this moment an attitude of faith. Amen. Faith that simply refuses to let the problems define who we are and how we're going to respond and how we're going to act. Paul doesn't ignore the fact that he was pressed. He didn't ignore the fact that he was perplexed. He didn't ignore the fact that he was persecuted and even put down but he said, I've got an attitude. Mm-hmm. I got an attitude of faith. An attitude of faith says, I choose to believe kingdom principles. I choose to believe kingdom principles because they will always supersede government rulings. They will always see the, uh, supersede the news report. They will always supersede the doctor's report. Amen. Now faith, as Bishop has already referred to today, now faith is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not seen. Paul does not linger long at the perplexed reality and the perceived reality of his problem. Troubled, but I'm not stressed about it. Mistreated, but I'm not alone. Hurt bad, but I'm still alive. We have the same spirit of faith, the attitude of faith. Faith needs to be our attitude. We need to take a little bit of a cocky approach sometimes in, in, in humility. Yes, I'm not talking about being uh, 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 out of order, not being submitted to the Lord. No, but I want you to know that we need to be like Paul that says, I heard the word, I believed, and I'm going to speak what the word says. I heard the word and my attitude, my inward reality becomes my outward expression. That's my attitude. The attitude of faith says, I'll speak boldly, the word of God and declare what God says. Look at Mark chapter 11 and verse 22. Mm -mm -mm. Praise God. Are y'all saying amen tonight? All you folks at home, are you saying amen tonight? Are you about tired of the enemy pushing you and pushing you and pushing you? Anybody ready for this mess to be over? Mm-hmm. You're ready for the mess to be over? Well, it can either drag you down and bring you to despair, or you can stand up and say, I've got the victory. No matter what happens, I've got the victory. That's the attitude I'm talking about. Yes. Mark eleven twenty two. Mark eleven twenty two. Jesus said unto them, Have faith in God. One translation says this means have the God kind of faith. Look at things how God looks at them. See things as how God sees them. In verse 23, 23, for verily I say unto you, that what or whosoever shall say, whosoever shall say unto this mountain, be thou removed and be thou cast in the sea and shall not doubt in his heart, but shall believe that those things which he saith shall come to pass. He shall have whatsoever he saith. 
Therefore, I say unto you, Jesus speaking, what things soever you desire when you pray, believe that you receive them and ye shall have them. Believing and speaking is the demonstration of the attitude of faith. The attitude of faith. Amen. Faith is more than confidence. Faith is more than just assurance. Faith is believing and speaking. Faith, an attitude of faith says, I believe, I've heard the word. I believe what the word says. Now I'm going to energize my speaker. I'm going to energize my mouth. And I'm going to say what the word says. And if he said, I could say to the mountain, be thou removed and be cast to the sea but oh pastor what happens when you get up in the morning and the mountain's still there he didn't tell me to quit saying it he didn't tell me to quit my attitude well I guess I should quit well I guess I should give up I prayed once twice three thousand times it doesn't matter he said that the mountain would be removed I want to challenge somebody today to adjust your attitude by connecting your believer to your speaker your believer to your speaker. Amen. Faith will move your mouth to say things and talk to things that don't have ears to hear. Mountains don't have ears to hear. But notice he says, shall believe those things which he saith. Shall believe that he, those things which he saith. The word saith here is an interesting word. It is the word lego. It literally talks about the continuation of building your speech. How many of you had children in your house as we did, had a, had a son that was into Legos? And a Lego system is a building block system that you add one block onto another block until you get the finished product. Here's what we've got to believe today is that we're just building on faith. Every day, an attitude of faith says, I don't know what the circumstance is. I, don't, I, can, I can see the facts that things are bad in my life, but faith says, I look beyond that. I'm going to be all right. My God loves me. My God cares for me. So I'm going to say it. I'm going to say it. Faith keeps speaking the substance of things hoped for until the evidence of things unseen begin to appear. Now, this is not some kind of little genie in the bottle because he said, pray according to my will. Pray in Jesus' name which means pray according to the authority of him. Pray according to the authority, his authority, his plan. Amen. So I, I'm not looking for some kind of faith that's a rub the genie and he comes out of this bottle or out of this book. It's rather a lifestyle. It is a mentality. It is an attitude. So what does faith say? What does faith say? Romans chapter 10 and verse 6 reminds us what faith says. But the righteousness which is of faith speaketh on this wise, saying not in thy heart, who shall ascend into heaven, that is to bring Christ down from above, or who shall descend into the deep, that is to bring up Christ again from the dead. Uh, what is he saying? What is Paul saying here in, in this particular setting? Here's what he's saying. Christ has already purchased what you need. 
<laughs> he doesn't have to be resurrected again. He doesn't have to die again. Amen. He has already purchased what you need. I want to tell you, you don't have to have lightning bolts flash from glory for you to have faith. You don't have to have a, a, a walking on the water and, and turning water into wine. Amen. To have faith because he's already provided for it. But then he says in verse 8, but what saith it? What does faith say? The word is nigh thee, even in thy mouth and in thy heart. Ooh. So what you put in your heart is what you come out of your mouth. That's why David said, I made a resolution. I wasn't going to talk because he knew what was in his heart. And it became his attitude of hardship, criticism, woe, poor me, you know. What's, what's the, is it Eeyore? Chicken Little? Sky's falling. Everything's bad. Debbie Downer. Billy Bob Downer. Whatever it is, the word of faith is not some kind of elusive language or exclusive phraseology. It's the word of faith that's in your mouth. So listen, God wants to use your mouth with your words to speak faith. God wants to use you and your personality. You may not have a personality like somebody else. God didn't make you that way. He made you with your personality to begin to demonstrate with your personality the attitude of faith. Verse 9 says in Romans 10 and 9, for if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus and shalt believe in thy heart that God hath raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. Now listen, listen to me carefully. Paul is not talking to sinners here. He's talking to church people. So he's talking about them being rescued from their issues. He says, thou shalt be saved. For with the heart man believeth unto righteousness and with the mouth confession is made into salvation. We need to speak as the word confession comes from the same word as lego. It means to speak. Amen. You put homos with lego and you get this Greek word that means to speak the same thing. What are we confessing? What he says. What are we confessing? What his word says. That's the attitude of faith. The attitude of faith. Amen. David, when he faced Goliath, confessed that he knew a God that was bigger than his nine feet foe. Amen. He knew a God that was bigger than the gladiator champion that he was facing down. Amen. He confesses, who is this giant? David's attitude is, Goliath is nothing compared to my God. Amen. Nothing compared to my God. I want to just encourage you today to adjust your attitude. Adjust your heart. It may seem foolish, the Bible tells a story about Naaman had to dip seven times until his leprosy was healed. Blind men went to a pool and had to wash. Amen. Have you ever walked into uh, the uh, restroom and washed your hands and you got one of those air dryers and you got to move your hand by it? Because when you move your hand underneath of it, it turns on. So your motion activated. We've got a wonderful copier here in our church. I love it, but it's got a sleep mode that if you walk by it, it turns on. When you walk in front of it, you activate the turn on mechanism 
in it. And you could be working and, and not even paying attention. All of a sudden, here comes that copier. Coming up. It's because you activated it by walking by it. When you have an attitude of faith, what you're doing is you are activating the power of God in your life. You are activating the power of God in your life. It's the voice of the Apostle Paul that was on a boat with a bunch of people, amen, and declared to them, we are going to shipwreck, but God is going to save all of us. You see that? Yeah, the facts are we're going, to die. we're going to wreck. But the reality is nobody's going to die. That takes an attitude of faith. Hebrews 4 and 6 says, Let us therefore come boldly. Let us therefore come boldly to the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in the time of need. The word boldly is an interesting word that means to be courageous, to be confident, but it also means to be frank in public speech. Lord, I'm coming to you. I'm not mealy-mouthing. I'm not timid. I know what I need, and I want to declare what I need. I believe some folks need to make some bold declarations in their life today. Somebody needs to say, I declare that this is the day the Lord has made. I'm going to rejoice and be glad in it. Somebody needs to declare, I take authority over my day in Jesus' name. Every element of my day is going to cooperate with the purpose of God. My destiny is going to cooperate with His will. Today, I will press towards the mark of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. Somebody needs to say, I will not surrender today. I will not sit and ponder over my perplexing problems. But today I'm going to believe that my God has the power to help me. In that today, I declare I've got a fresh excitement. I've got a fresh excitement. I've got a fresh mind. I have a fresh zeal. Hallelujah. Are you saying it in your spirit today? I have a fresh anointing that cannot be contained. I've got a fresh anointing that cannot be contaminated. I've got a fresh anointing that's going to get me through unemployment. I've got a fresh anointing that's going to get me through crisis. I choose not to wander and meditate over my problems like David. But today I choose to meditate on the Word of God. And when I do, it's going to build up the fire in my soul. Some of you wonder why I speak loud or why I preach the way I do. Is because I've come to realize I've got an attitude. Many of you know the story of my brother drowning in the Calcasieu River in South Louisiana. He died and was dead for an hour and a half. But during that time, my father, who's got a voice that boomed he man prayed at the top of his lungs as loud as he can he would say I command life to come back in his body I command life to come back in his body I watched it with my own eyes he acted foolish and he acted weird he got loud and he got animated what was it an attitude of faith and boldness got a hold of him that said I'm coming and I'm talking I'm declaring I'm declaring my Lord is able. I'm declaring. I'm declaring. 
turn these singers loose. But before we do, we're going to go to the Lord in prayer. There are some of you right now that are part of the NPC family. You're dealing with fear and you're battling fear. And we're going to pray victory over you in the name of Jesus. There are some that are watching this live stream tonight that is battling depression. Amen. I want to tell you that God can touch you today. Some are being oppressed and even possessed by the enemy. I want to tell you there's hope for you today. I want to pray for a prodigal tonight that is away from God. Oh, you watch us online. You watch us on Facebook. You connect, but you're wondering what is my next move. My next move is come home. Come home. Come to the Father. He's got open arms waiting for you. Lord, right now, in the mighty name of Jesus, we pray. I pray over every prodigal. I pray, Lord Jesus, for every backslider. God, that, that is listening and watching now. God, I pray that you would convict them, challenge them, and charge them. Come home. Come home where there is a new robe waiting for them. Lord, where there is new shoes waiting for them. Waiting on them, oh God, is a ring of authority. Waiting on them is a fatted calf. Waiting on them is a hope beyond what they have. I pray, Lord Jesus, for everyone. I pray for Sister Queen right now. Lord, touch her heart. Lord, I'm asking you, God, to touch her heart in the name of Jesus. Heal Brother Gene's body, Lord. I rebuke the headaches. I rebuke the headache in Sister Teresa. I rebuke it in the name of Jesus. God, touch Dean in the name of the Lord. I pray for every family relationship. I pray for the brokenness. I pray, Lord Jesus, right now, victory and healing. I rebuke that one that is turning their ear away from God and his head into the world. And I pray, Heavenly Father, you draw them, draw them, draw them, draw them to you in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. So today, dear pilgrim, today, dear Christian, today, dear friend, amen, why don't you find an attitude? Why don't you get an attitude about this? Not an attitude of anger, not an attitude of woe, not an attitude that says, woe is me, not an attitude that says, I'm having bad days after bad days, but wake up and say, this is not going to be the same day. In the morning, it's not going to be like it was today, because I choose my attitude. Your circumstance may not change. Your situation may not change, but there's a God that is un unwavering and never changes. Hallelujah. Oh, thank the Lord today. Amen. Why don't you rejoice? Come on, Thank you for joining us today. We pray you have been encouraged. If you would like more information about Medora Pentecostal Church, you can check out our website at www.medorachurch.com. Oh,